there are a lot of little quick hacks people can read about and try to combat procrastination, but not all quick hacks are going to work for everyone. Obviously, every person is different in terms of their personality, in terms of their workflow. We have some night owls, we have some morning people, people have different skill sets. So it isn't like there's a one size fits all sort of thing here. Regardless of what hack you try, if you can't bring a high level of attention and focus to the task at hand, the hack's not going to be effective. Hey guys, this is Coach K and you're listening to the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast where we talk about you. This is about you, your mind, and your path. I am so ready for this episode. I have been for a while because this is a topic that feels constant and feels part of my daily life and routine and has felt this way basically since I entered the professional world. And I'm guessing that you'll feel like this is a part of your life as well. Whether you have a full-time job, whether you're still in school, you have little kids running around the house, or even just having a long to-do list, if you have this constant long to-do list, I'm going to assume you know the guilty feeling of procrastination. I'm going to be honest, sometimes all I want to do is nothing. And and generally I start, this isn't all the time. Okay. I'll make that clear. This isn't all the time, but generally when this is happening, I, I start feeling that way when work or life in general starts to get really busy. So maybe this is just my body and mind's way of telling me I need to slow down and relax and get some rest right? There are these times we all need ample rest and relaxation. And truly, I believe there are a lot of people out there who don't get enough, right? Who don't get enough of that. There are far too many people who don't get seven to nine hours of sleep at night, who don't shut off screens for long enough each day, who don't get proper exercise, or to be honest, even don't get proper NEAT activity, which NEAT, if you don't know, stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So, you know, there's lots of people out there because they work, you know, let's say a desk job for 10 hours a day or something, and they're not prioritizing getting out for walks or, you know, yeah, their lifestyle, the way it is currently built, doesn't allow for that. There's lots of people out there who aren't getting even enough neat activity into their day, regardless of even any other sort of activity, exercise, fitness, cardio, you know, whatever it is, strength training. Okay. There are a lot of people out there who need more rest. So when I'm talking about increasing our productivity today and overcoming procrastination, I want to make it clear that this does not mean we are using this as a way to get even less rest, rest and relaxation. Right. I actually did a full episode on the importance of rest. And it's, um, if you, if you want to check that out, it's episode 12 and it's titled five ways to convince yourself to rest when you need it. So if you're interested in that, go and check that out. But what I want to explain more about today is how we can make better use of our work time or our, our on time, as I like to call it. So that then we can also make plenty of time for play and, we can do this in a way that we don't feel guilty about. Okay. I was on a walk with Cora the other day and yes, I know I say that a lot on this podcast, but Cora and I go on lots of walks. We make it pretty much a daily habit. And so we do a lot of talking on our walk. So I'll probably continue to say that. But what I was saying to Cora the other day on our walk is 
I am not sure I've ever had as big of a to-do list than I have had in the past few months. It just has constantly been huge, my to-do list, both my work and my professional to-do list. And I said in the past, I've always been able to get through my to-do list. And recently, it seems between work stuff, projects, things for you know, both of our properties that we own and just other responsibilities we have, the list is never ending. And this just kind of feels like new territory for me in in some ways, because for so long it did feel like, and yes, I'm a big list and calendar person, you know, type A in some ways, or maybe most ways for sure. Right. But it felt like I had this list or, or even multiple lists, like maybe a work list and a personal list and At least by the end of the week, I could have everything checked off of that list, everything completed, and then I get to turn off for the weekend and play. Maybe that playtime is social time, maybe it's time with family, or maybe it was, you know, going out for adventures in nature, hikes, camping, that sort of stuff, or even maybe some other form of travel. This actually takes me back to college, and I remember when it was the week before finals, and I used to make two lists. One list was everything I had to do for all of my classes before I was able to shut my laptop down for the semester and go enjoy the holidays with my family or go and enjoy the summer. So that list maybe had, you know, three or four projects I needed to complete before the end of the semester, two or three essays I needed to write or finish writing, and maybe, you know, four to five finals to study for. It was a big list, but I knew that by the time finals finished, the semester ended, which was probably about 10 days later, 10 to 14 days later, I would be done, right? One way or the other, that list would be complete. Then I also had my second list was a personal list. Things like clean up my dorm room, uh, pack for the summer or for the holidays, clean out the fridge, say goodbye to friends, things like that. And same thing, that list would be totally checked off 10 to 14 days later. Well, now like I was saying before, with the increase in responsibilities, which yes, we have created this life for ourselves. And I'm, I am very grateful for the life that we have created, but the lists have become never ending. So on a daily basis, whether it be a work day or even a weekend day where we want to get some things done around the house or errands run, how do we prioritize be as productive with our time as possible so that we can also have time for each other so that we have time for our health, you know, things like fitness and cooking healthy meals. Those things do take time so that we have time for friends and even time for travel and adventures. And how do we do all of this in a way where we don't feel guilty about the unfinished to-do list that we've left behind? And like I said before, the first step here is finding a way to be as productive with our work hours as we can be. And yes, this is way easier said than done, right? So when we think about being productive, a lot of the times our minds go to being able to do more. If I am a productive worker, I am going to be able to get a lot done. And this way of thinking is not surprising. When you look up the actual definition of productivity in the dictionary, it's achieving or producing a significant amount or result. But in our daily lives, when we think about being productive, we should really be thinking about working smarter and prioritizing rather than just producing a lot of things. Like figuring out how to get what I need to get done on my to-do list 
and produce high quality work without being a perfectionist about it. Of course, that's a whole nother episode we could get into, but creating high quality work instead of thinking, how do I accomplish everything on my to-do list today? So let's get into this a little bit more specifically. What are some qualities of a productive person? I'm going to go through a few. A productive person knows how to keep her cool, even under stressful or pressure situations, or even a spiraling to-do list like we're talking about. A productive person knows how to help keep her cool and use a calm mindset to prioritize what is important. They're able to realistically lay out what she can get done and potentially handle tricky situations if need be, right? So a person who keeps her cool also really understands the feeling of being overwhelmed. She knows how to put her finger on it right away and she knows how to manage this emotion to spin it into something productive. So this person who knows how to keep their cool in order to be productive, probably has experienced this feeling many times before. So this isn't something that we maybe just naturally know how to do, but maybe this person has been in uh, many situations before where they're under stressful deadlines. Or I know I always bring up sports, but maybe this person has played sports and they were in stressful situations before and they've learned mechanisms to keep themselves calm during these times. Because what happens when we lose our cool? All right, our productivity most likely goes down because it now becomes harder to focus. It becomes harder to create quality work and it becomes harder just to check things off our to-do list because our mind is now all over the place because it's stressed, right? Those cortisol levels rise. So a productive person knows how to keep her cool. Another thing that a productive person is, is savvy. A person who is savvy in this context has a well-honed workflow and time management tricks. She has skills to help her manage a heavy load. Where other people might become very overwhelmed, she's going to be able to harness these tricks to help her get the work done. And we're actually going to get into this one a lot deeper here in a minute. So kind of keep that one in mind that a productive person is also very savvy. A productive person is also going to be unconventional. So what do I mean by this? She is not afraid to take risks or challenge the status quo if it means getting things done quicker and better, right? She maps out the shortest, but also the most effective route to get something done or to solve a problem. And she just does it regardless of what barriers she might have to climb along the way. Once she feels confident, and this person is also probably really confident, but once she feels confidence that she has a plan in place that is going to be the quickest possible, but also the most effective and create high quality work, she's going for it, right? She's starting to take those steps towards it. So a productive person is going to be a bit unconventional. In addition, a productive person is going to be agile, She knows how to pivot. And I I love this word. I love this word pivot. I actually first heard it in this context on a podcast with the actress Kristen Bell. And she was talking about it in the context of when life throws you curveballs, you just pivot. And it was something that her and her husband were actually teaching their uh, little girls. Okay. So when something, you know, unexpected happened at school or with their friends, they were teaching them, Hey, this is a life curveball that is being thrown at you and let's figure out a way to pivot. But in this context, a productive person is ready to pivot if need be in a case where maybe an unexpected opportunity arises 
and what's going to serve them best in you know, in their best interest is something maybe that's unexpected, but they're ready. They're ready to take that next step or that pivot in their life or a potential threat needs to be extinguished. And as another example, so she will pivot and get this done. So this person is ready to be agile, be on their feet, and they're ready to take the opportunities that come to them. This is actually something with a lot of the guests that I've interviewed for this podcast a lot of them have brought this up throughout their lives in their 20, 30, 40 year careers where they have accomplished a lot and not just their careers, but also their personal lives as well. They've talked about being ready to take the next opportunity, even if it wasn't something they planned for, but if it works in their best interest, let's do it. Let's be agile. Let's pivot and let's take it. Okay. So Someone who is productive is going to be most likely agile. And then lastly, number five, one quality that a productive person is not is perfect. I kind of mentioned this a little bit before that perfectionism is not something that we are aiming for and a productive person, please don't get me wrong, is not perfect. Sometimes she will miss a workout. Sometimes she will make a mistake on a work task. Sometimes she will sleep in, you know, or, or sometimes she will have a unproductive night scrolling on her phone, realizing, Hey, I'm not going to get enough sleep tonight as I need, or as I would like. And guess what? That is okay. Because the goal is never perfection. It is consistency. So the person who realizes they're not perfect and that is okay and that doesn't make them unproductive, okay, most likely their next step when that mistake happens or that mess up or whatever we want to call it, the, the not being perfect happens, that person is always just going to get back on track rather than go and slash the other three tires, okay? You get one flat tire, do you fix it or do you slash the other three? No, okay. The most productive thing is I'm just going to fix this and then I'm going to be on my way, okay? So we're not expecting perfection here, but if a mistake happens, let's fix it or, you know, if it doesn't need fixing, let's just move on. So let's go back to how a productive person is savvy because, you know, I think there are a lot of little quick hacks people can read about and try to combat procrastination, but well, I have two thoughts here. First thought is that not all quick hacks are going to work for everyone. Obviously, every person is different in terms of their personality, in terms of their workflow. We have some night owls. We have some morning people. Both are okay if we use them in the right way, right? Um, people have different skill sets. So it isn't like there's a one size fits all sort of thing here. So I'm not necessarily saying like trying some of those quick hacks is a bad thing, but they're not all going to work for everyone. And then number two, regardless of what hack you try, if you can't bring a high level of attention and focus to the task at hand, the hack's not going to be effective. So this brings me to why you might be here in the first place. And that is the three strategies to overcome procrastination and find balance between work and play and do this all guilt-free. So the first strategy is having an understanding of your most productive work times. 
So we all have three different levels of attention that we fluctuate through throughout any given day. And I'm going to explain what these three things are, these three levels of attention, because they're going to help you understand your most productive work times. So number one, number one is proactive attention. And proactive attention is when we are sharp, we're focused, and we're in the zone. I am in my proactive attention when I'm writing these podcasts, okay? So these moments of attention are optimal for achieving peak productivity, but here's the catch. No one can sustain this level of attention all day long. So the goal for a productive person is to never let this time go to waste. If you feel your attention is sharpest an hour after waking up, then you would create a routine where for that two-ish hour period, you can get done the tasks that are going to require the most brain power for the day. And actually, some research even says this proactive attention really only lasts for about 90 minutes of the day. So it's really a time that you want to take full advantage of and you want to get done the tasks for the day that are going to require the most amount of brain power. And maybe you avoid scheduling pointless meetings at this time, or I shouldn't even say pointless, but maybe you avoid scheduling any meetings at this time because you want to use this time to really get, get done the things that are going to require the most amount of brain power. And, you know, other things like maybe you make sure this is a time where you put your phone away so you don't get distracted by social media and, and other things. You, you make sure you go and sit in the office during this time and you're not walking around and socializing and other things. So you can take full advantage of this 90 to 120 minutes that you have this proactive attention during the day. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is active attention. Active attention is when you're working in a good rhythm, but your attention is flagging and you're susceptible to distraction. So maybe during this time, you give yourself tasks that need work, but maybe don't need to be finished or accomplished that day. Okay, so kind of whatever work you do on them on that day is going to be okay. But if your attention does get pulled here for a minute or there for a minute, it's not we're not going to lose our job over it, right? We're not going to fail the test over it, right? But you're able to get some of the work done on that day. Maybe this is a good time for a workout, to be honest, where you can throw in some headphones, be in a good rhythm, but maybe not be at your absolute sharpest, but you are able to really hone in on that workout, focus on, you know, the muscles that are supposed to be engaged and pushing yourself in that workout. Okay, so that's proactive attention. And then number three, the last one is inactive attention. This might be when you are sitting at your desk, but let's be honest, you'd rather be taking a nap <laughs> or you'd rather be doing really anything else. So, so this could be a time where you're doing some of that more mindless work. Maybe you're completing mindless work tasks on your laptop while also watching a TV show right? Keyword here though is mindless. We should not be leaving key tasks or high priority tasks for these inactive attention times. So now that you know the three different types of attention and that you'll fluctuate between all of these on a daily basis, and you know, you know that it takes some mindfulness to really get to know your own cycle. If you're curious when you have the most proactive attention versus inactive attention, I want you to journal your attention level for a few days. Really pay attention to when you're at your best and when your attention slumps. 
So figuring out your attention levels throughout the day is key here. And then creating your routine around those attention levels is the next step. And this is a really important strategy to overcome procrastination. And again, not to feel guilty about then taking that playtime, because guess what? I have everything done that I need to get done for that day. So number two, the second strategy that I use and I feel is really effective is to set real deadlines. To be honest, I wanted to title this podcast, The Secret to Productivity, and the answer was going to be deadlines. And I realized I should probably give a little bit more than that. But I know this one is going to sound a little almost hacky in a way, right? One of those quick hacks I talked about. And I just talked about how these quick hacks don't work all the time, but from personal experience, and I also recently heard Dr. Andrew Huberman, who he has the number one health podcast in the world. If you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend it. I heard him say that nothing else makes him more productive than this, right? Than setting deadlines. And I feel like, so I feel like I need to share this. I teach this class for my full-time job called Magical Mindset, and it's basically a class I teach every Monday, similar to this podcast, to be honest, but it's a bit more interactive because people are there live listening to the class. And I talk with clients about something related to mindset that is affecting their their health journey, something, you know, whether it's fitness or nutrition related most of the time. So when I first started teaching this class, I used to try and plan in time the week before to plan in the class. Like maybe I scheduled out a three hour time block on Wednesday, the week before to plan the class for that following Monday. And I found that I would sit down during that time block and just not be able to keep my focus and attention on the task at hand. And obviously there's probably, you know, things I can work on there, but this just kind of kept happening. So one week I was like, I'm going to try something new. And instead of planning the class ahead of time, I woke up two hours before the class was happening without a plan. And so crunch time was on. I was teaching this class at 8 a.m. on Monday morning and I woke up at 6 a.m. And what I found was this worked so well for me. Not only did I cut my planning time in half, I was generally able to get the plan ready in like no longer than an hour and a half for this half an hour class, but I was really happy with the quality of work as well. So again, I'm not necessarily saying wait until the last minute all the time, but I do think it can be a really effective way to be productive. And the cool thing is, is if you have the confidence that you're going to get it done and you've maybe even proven yourself right a time or two here, you no longer have to worry about getting it done. You have your plan. I know I'm going to prep for this during this certain time block. I know I'll get it done and I know it's going to be a high quality of work. So the rest of the hours of the week, you can turn your attention to other important things and keep checking things off the to-do list. So that is strategy number two, setting real deadlines. Strategy number three for overcoming procrastination and finding this balance between work and play and not feeling guilty about it is finding meaning behind what you're doing. It is so important that we ensure there is purpose and maybe even a little motivation behind what it is that we're doing. Are you waking up every morning and going throughout your day with intention? Are you choosing how your day will go? Or is the day just taking you for a ride? I like to visualize this as riding a wave. Every once in a while, we should ride the wave. Like, I like riding the wave when I'm on vacation. 
on vacation, I don't want to have to make too many decisions. I would love to not have a ton of responsibilities. And I don't really care too much about what fills my day, right? Like the probably the only things I care about is getting a little bit of activity in, you know, eating decently well, but that's pretty much it. I just want to ride the wave and enjoy it. On the other hand, in my everyday life, I like to think about climbing a mountain. In a day's time, I will only climb, you know, a small part of the mountain, but I'm going to put one step in front of the other very intentionally so that I stay on the trail. I don't detour. I don't fall off the mountain. I don't go onto some other trail. I'm very intentionally putting one foot in front of the other on the trail, and I just keep doing this over and over again throughout the day, day by day. So my first question is, are you riding the wave each day? Or are you climbing the mountain each day? And secondly, are you doing weekly check-ins into how the activities that you're involved in each week and your actions align or not with your personal values and goals? First of all, you need to know your personal values and goals. If you don't, this is the root of a lot of bad habits, poor routines, and procrastinations. So Take the time to figure out what these personal values and goals are. Go back to one of my original first podcasts. I talk a lot about that. If you feel like your activities and actions don't align with your values and goals, adjustments need to be made, first of all, okay? And if you're struggling to figure out what adjustments need to be made, a good question to ask yourself is, if you were given two additional hours to your day, what would you do with your extra time? Your answers should point you in the direction of the true purpose behind your desire for greater productivity, okay? If we were able to use our work time more productively, schedule out work blocks for getting things done, setting deadlines for ourselves, and really actually having meaning behind what it is that we're doing, feeling some purpose there, and even a little bit of motivation, this all really allows us to then shut down at appropriate times. Maybe this is at 5 p.m. each day. Maybe it's at 4 p.m. Maybe it's at 6 p.m. But whatever time it is, we're able to then shut down guilt-free. We know that we took the best advantage of our day as possible. We were as productive as we could. We got down done what we could, and, we, and it was high-quality work. And when we're able to do this, we can then go and enjoy the rest of the day guilt-free. Or maybe it's not even at the end of the day. Maybe it is a two-hour block during the day that you know you've scheduled in. You're, you feel very confident you're going to be able to get everything else done during the day. But for those two hours, guilt-free, you get to go on a walk. You get to work out. You get to cook your healthy food. You get to spend time with your family or whatever it is. Same thing goes for the weekend. If we use our week productively, the weekends we get to enjoy guilt-free. So... Those are my three strategies I have for you guys to overcome procrastination and to find the balance between work and play and do it all guilt-free. I hope that this was beneficial for you and something struck a chord with you today. But last thing I will leave you with is changing your path will not be easy. It will be challenging. I will say that over and over again, but it will be worth it. So do a self-check today. Are you on your path up your mountain? And if not, what path are you on? 